Redemption Church Glory House invites you to partake in five Sundays of sound marital teachings tagged The Marriage Mandate from Sunday 3rd to Sunday 31st July, 9 a.m. each Sunday. Ministering Pastor Yomi Fatimein, District Pastor. Venue, Gospel Light Redemption Church Glory House, Karu District Headquarters, along Karunyanya Road, Abuja. Come, let's all enjoy an honorable, purposeful, and peaceful marriage. Now is the time for the King's Word with Pastor Yomi Fatime. Be blessed. Marriage mandate. Um, amen. Matthew chapter number 19. We will read from verse number 1 down to number 5. The marriage mandate, thank you. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished this saying, he departed from Galilee. He departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea. And he came to the coast of Judea. Beyond Jordan. Beyond Jordan. And great multitude followed him. And a lot of fellows followed him. And he healed them there. Lift up your right hand. Because Christ is here, because we're teaching his word. Healing will follow you home. Amen. Anywhere, any garden, the word of God is genuinely, unpollutedly preached. One of the things that accompany this word is healing. And I'm glad to say this morning without doubt, your home will receive healing. Amen. Your finances will receive healing. Amen. Your career will receive healing. Amen. Your desires will receive healing. Amen. Now the Bible says that great multitude followed him and he healed them all. Uh-huh. Let's the go ahead. The Pharisees also came unto him. And of course, in the garden of the, the multitude, in the midst of the multitude, we had a group called the Pharisees. They know the world. They are schooled in the world. They know the, the act of the world. So the Bible says the Pharisees were also what? were also involved in the garden. Go ahead. Tempting him. They came to tempt. And saying unto him. And they said unto him. Is it lawful for a man. Excuse me sir. Is it part of the law. For a man. To put away his wife. To put away his wife. For every I, I, cause. I guess that's the same question. Is still bothering the heart of the church today. What is the position of the church over, over marriage? What is the position of the church over divorce? And because of the, I mean, the circumstances we have found ourselves, we are filled with emotion, we are filled with so many activities. We, we, we are bothered. And we ask ourselves, can the church make its position known? So they came to Jesus and they said to him, Sir, we know you are a teacher of the law. We are listening to you. We know you are from God. Please tell us, is it lawful for a man 
to put away his wife for every cause. You come from work as a man, your wife cooked, and there's too much pepper in the soup, you're filing for divorce. <laughs> Hallelujah. You get married to a woman, first child again, second child again, third child again, fourth child again. What next do you do? Filing for divorce. Oh, you got married. First year, no child. Second year, no child. Third year, no child. What's the next? You got married. You're filing for divorce. Now, hear me very clearly, brethren. God said in an un unequivocal manner that he hates divorce. But today is not meant to teach about divorce. The day that is meant for divorce, I will create time. But just hold on to it. That God, our maker, said he hates what? So let's go ahead. And he answered and said unto them. And he answered and said unto them. Have you not, have read, you not read the Bible? That he which, that made, he them which made them at the beginning, at the beginning made, them male, and made them male and female. Go ahead. And said. And said. For this cause. For this reason. Shall a man, shall leave, his a man leave his father. And mother. And leave his mother. And shall cleave to his and wife. And shall cleave to his wife. Now please raise your head everybody. The mind of God is not the mind of man. Is somebody hearing me? What did I say? Say it one more time. What may be right in the eyes of man may not be right in the eyes of the Lord. Now the Bible says at the beginning, and that took us to the teaching of last week, we looked at the mandate of the author of the institution of marriage. Do you remember? Number one, that God is the author. Man was so much involved in labor, working day and night, he didn't remember he needed a wife. It was God that looked at man and concluded and said, no, it is not good for a man to be what? To be alone. I will make for him what? A help that is fit. So the institution of marriage is not subject to the editing or the approval or disapproval of man because it is not man that authored it. Let me whisper to someone that God is the author of marriage. Please stab that fellow very well. Say, let it be known to you that God instituted marriage. And at the beginning, he had codes of conduct. Now let's quickly run through what we discussed last week. Number one, the marriage was made by God for man and woman. Did you hear what I said? Not for man and man, not for man and animal, not for woman and woman. Celestina cannot marry Justina. <laughs> Hallelujah. No matter how affectionate relationship you have, it is forbidden. The church stands against it. The Bible is against it. Hallelujah. Aki cannot marry. <laughs> All of you that say, Papa, you are carnal. <laughs> Amen. So it is forbidden. 
For man to marry what? Man. Let's get it right. Number two, the intention of God about marriage is very clear. We are looking at God's intention of marriage today. Number three, that marriage must be done between man and woman, not between man and gay. Somebody hearing me? Now, such things are not permitted and allowed by God. Number three or number four, whatever number, at the beginning, polygamy was not part of God's agenda. The agenda of God was that a man and a woman will marry and form family. Somebody hearing me now. We do not know how it came to existence. We know it. We will go through it. It's as a result of the stubbornness of woman hearts. There is no man that does not have defect. There is no woman that is perfect. When you get married, is marriage is a coming together of two imperfect fellows that decided to close their eyes to their minuses. That's why the scripture says, and both of them were naked and were not ashamed. That word naked does not begin and end with nakedness in the bedroom or nakedness in the bedroom. No, it goes beyond that, that when you get married, you have access to the weaknesses of your spouse. Yet, you are not ashamed of his I mean weaknesses. For example, you can see a young man looking beautiful and handsome, combine the two together. Get close to him. In the night, he may be a terrible snorer. In the night, it may, be, it may be something different. Now, you are married. The weaknesses of your spouse is now exposed to you. At that point of marriage, the only thing you can do is to be an intercessor for your spouse. Now, hear me very clearly. The Bible says the two of them, oh, everybody class for Pastor Yomi, oh, daddy is such a wonderful man. Daddy is a good guy. Oh, I love daddy. Go ask Glenda. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One time she even told me, he said, ah, everybody is saying you are good. I'm the only one that can manage you. I said, I know. I said, I know. I there is no pretext about it. Amen. Now, hear me today. We must get it very clear. And when we use the word man, I remember I used Imam, maybe because of the example, Imam, okay, he, he, he went a little, one step back. I remember I used Imam as an example. When the scripture said man getting married, and I told you what it means to be a man, you are mentally mature, you are spiritually standing, you are financially okay. Not that when you get married, the first day your wife sleeps and didn't wake up by the time you want her to wake up. You carry your phone and call mama. Mama, it's like I made a mistake. Somebody hearing me. You don't, you, man, man is a manager. You must be in charge of your home. Not when something happens. The next moment you pick your phone, call your sibling, and download what happened. Excuse me, sir. You are a man with a pampas. Can we go ahead with the teaching? Now, when the Bible says that the man saw the woman and knew, recognized, affirmatively. Now, before you get married as a woman, according to my Jew, when a young girl gets married and gives birth, Peking, they watch over Peking. Now, you must be mature as a lady, mentally speaking. I've also done a very small exercise. Now, when you get married too early as a gay, by the time you get to 40, 41, 42, 
anything from 40, you get tired. Now, you must be mature in mind. Excuse me, 18, 19, 20-year-old girl rushing for marriage, you are bargaining for what you don't know. Is somebody hearing me? Now, we will look at today purpose of marriage as instituted by God. What I call it? Say it. Purpose of marriage as instituted by God. Now, please quickly look up. When the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. That's why we have so many crises. Be confronting. You see pastors going to court to fight for divorce. The custodian of the word of God. You see brethren going to court or brethren either using their wife or harassing their husband probably because they don't even know the reason why the maker of marriage made it. Now we will be very straight and direct. Go back again daughter to um, Genesis chapter number 2. We'll read again from verse number 18. Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God said. And the Lord God said. It is not good. It is not good. That the man should be alone. That the man should be alone. Please raise your head. Every man in this house. The best of man without woman is not good. And I say it again. The best of man without a woman by the side is what? I'm not the one that said it is very of God. That's what God said. So when a young man gets to the age of getting married, please go and kneel down and pray and know who God wants you to marry. Hello? Now, the scripture says, it is not good for a man to be alone. And can I also drop this point? You can be married yet remain alone. Can I continue? And we have so many lone rangers. You are married. You think alone. You act alone. You decide alone. Now permit me to say, in every successful home, there are what we call concurrent list and um, exclusive. exclusive list. That must be drawn between husband and wife. You are not to be a dictatorial husband. Concurrent list is the list of decisions that husband and wife must sit together and draw it on this matter, Mama, you can't take a decision without me contributing my input. On this matter, husband and wife, we must agree together, particularly when it has to do with the life of your children. Somebody hearing me? Now let's go to the purpose. I will make him. I will make him and help. And it. help, please. If you have your Bible with you, circle that and help. And help. That's one. Singular. That's part of the theology that knocked off polygamy. He didn't say, I will make helps. Sir, she's the only help in certain matters of life. I will make an help. Mama, please raise your head. Look at me. Your husband has got no alternative to you. When it comes to issues of life, is, is somebody hearing me? God said, look, brother, if you like, Shagun Obomni, run from Isanlu to Kaba. You will still come back to meet her. 
I will. Now, every woman in this house, lift up your right hand. May the grace to be a help of your husband come upon you. Now, I will make the first principal purpose why God created the institution of marriage is to provide help for the needy man. What do I call it? Say, let's, let's do the teaching together. Provide help for the needy man. Say it very loud. Provide help for the needy man. Say it again. Provide help. You are a helper. Mama, you are a helper. No matter how wealthy a man is, he still needs a helper, a manager in the nature of woman. You got to help her in the place of, I mean, help him in the place of prayer. You've got to help him. And how many of you remember the woman called Abigail? That's a perfect example of a helper. Now, go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, verses, um, no, chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Helper, help him. Two are better than one. Two are what? Better, better than one. Better than one, uh -huh. because they have because a good reward. They have a good reward for their labor. Everybody, lift up your right hand. May your labor bring in good reward. Yeah. Husband and wife, may your labor bring in good result. Yeah. But we must come to time to labor together. What did I say? Say it very loud. We must do what? Labor together. Young boys, young girls. Don't go into marriage as a result of sympathy. Don't go into marriage because people are saying you are late. Don't go into marriage because somebody of your age made God. I have no need to let her. That anyone that goes into marriage as a result of sympathy or pressure as a result of age, you end up regretting it. Somebody hearing me? Therefore, note it that marriage is a ministry. And for the woman, it is a ministry of help. Help for your husband. Whether your husband is a political fellow or pastoral or in his career, they, 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 he needs your help. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible called Adam to an assignment, handed over an assignment to him to do what? To dress his, To dress and to, and to kiss. It. And actually that was what he was doing. And God looked at him. Every man need help spiritually. You are, you are overworked. You are tired. You need a woman intercessor by your side. You need a woman advocate by your side. Now go ahead with that scripture. Where are thou? Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You want to help out? Thank you. Provide the help. Two are better than one. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah you stand up. <laughs> Go and stand by her so that we can prove the Bible. If she's missing it, tell her where the scripture is. He said two, they are what? They are better, better than one. Than one. Uh -huh. Because they have a good reward for their because labor. Because they have a good reward for their labor if only they, they are laboring together. If they are laboring across purpose, there may be no reward. So from today, husband, whatever the volume of your labor, please carry madame along. Don't say she doesn't know anything. Omo, she knows. Oh. Please, carry on all this secrecy. So, brother, when you go to a doctor and you are feeling headache and you get to the doctor and say you are feeling stomach ache, 
when the stomach cake medicine is given to you, the headache will still remain there. So, men, may I announce to you today that when you decide to keep too much secret from your wife, you are like a patient that have gone to the hospital and you told the doctor different things and different prescription will be given to you. The, the purpose of marriage, central purpose, is that you are a needy man and God has sent that woman into your life to provide the required help. I pray for the women in this house, you will not fail God. Number two, to provide companionship in order of preference, in order of importance. The first primary reason why God provided, went into the marriage creation was for the man to have his need be met in form of help. The number two, God saw the man being alone. A lonely man can go into depression any second. A lonely man that has no companion or counselor takes wrong decision. The scripture says, out of multitude of cancer, war is fought. There is safety in the multitude of cancer. Companionship. Let me quickly drop this for our young brothers and sisters who are yet to be married. Don't go into marriage with a man you cannot go out with. When I mean go out, you are ashamed that when you marry, you cannot walk on the streets together and hold your hand. No. No matter how worthy. And I can tell you loud and clear, God is not going to give you such fellow by reason of my experience in marriage. Now, companionship. What do we mean by companionship? The scriptures say, therefore, a, a man shall live. Then I ask myself a question. In the context of human eye, it's not the man that lives. It's the woman that lives, change her name, change her certificate, change everything, and move to the house of a man. Now, on her part, God knew that she has left. But most time, men don't live. Most time, men don't live. You, re you retain your name, you retain your superiority, you carry the glory, if there's anyone of your family, you want to superimpose it. Now God is saying to the man that for companionship to be established, there must be a living and a cleaving. There must be a detachment and a gumming. Now, the central reason why God created um, marriage, number two, is to provide companionship, companion, a or a, Somebody that you can call my companion. Koriko Sumi. How companionate are you companioning? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now what do we call companion? Some of you, your phone is more of a companion than your spouse. You want to sleep, you put phone on your on by the bedside. You wake up, the first thing you are looking for, you don't look for your wife by your bedside, is your phone. And the first thing to compromise, did my wife touch my phone? What are you hiding? Did my husband touch my phone? Yes, sir. What, madam, what are you hiding? In actual fact, no pastor is qualified to teach or preach any, or pastor any church, unless you are pastoring yourself and your wife first. Companionship. Can I drop this? Your best friend to be your spouse. Companionship. 
Are we still in this meeting? Verse number 23. Genesis chapter 2. And Adam said, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones. Now. Did you hear the word? Now. What is bone of my bone? Inside my bone, now in the common arm. Now, the direct interpretation is that there is no one that can come in between me and you. For the purpose of companion, I mean, companionship. Number three, and probably this is where we're running off, that to provide an opportunity for a godly family to be raised. Matthew chapter 19, verses number four to six. To provide an opportunity for a godly family to be what? To be raised. Now, raise your head, everybody. What do we call family? By God's standard, there's nothing like a standard family. Your family, the beginning of family is husband and wife. And let me drive it home. Children are just strangers. They are visitors. Everybody raise your head. What did I say? That's a bitter truth. Yes, it's good to love your children. But please don't allow any child coming between you and your spouse. Because they are number one guests. Mother-in-law is number two guest. Father-in-law is number three guest. Uh, cousin and nephew, number seven guest. All these guests, they will only stay with you when things are okay. When things are not okay, they will sing to you, to your tent, oh, Michael. So, when God created marriage, his intention was to create a godly word, family where number yes and family starts with husband and wife we are privileged to be honored by god if we are children can i say this cousins and nephews are not part of it they are just passerby so don't kill your family in protection of a cousin and i continue this teaching don't kill your family in protection of a sister-in-law, brother-in-law. Because they will all leave and you and madame will remain on the same platform. You see the order of hierarchy. I have not mentioned children, no. Number four. To provide opportunity to raise godly seed. Genesis chapter 25 Verse 22 and 20, um, 22, uh, read 22 down to 25 for me. And the children struggled together within and her. They struggled together within her. And she said, And she said, If it be so, if it be so, why am I thus? Why am I thus? Please, everybody, raise your head. I've come to understand, I don't know why, that mothers are more spiritually concerned over their children more than men. Abraham had this record in Genesis 18 verse 19 that God said whatever I hand over to him, he will hand over to his children. Purpose of marriage is for God to enable us raise what? And that's why he said none shall be barren. God in his own accord, he has ruled out barrenness. Lift up your right hand. There shall be no barrel in our camp. Amen. But I want to challenge all our men let us be more 
methodological or let us be more let's show more concern over what happens to our children it's not enough to pay school fees the king's word by pastor yomi fatime district pastor gospel light redemption church glory house karo abuja you are welcome to worship with us on sunday 9 a.m monday and thursday 6 p.m kindly follow pastor yomi fatime on facebook twitter and instagram at yomi underscore fatime you can also send a direct message via whatsapp and sms on 0904-123-0717 0904-123-0717 make it a date with us same time next week for the refreshing word of God. Yeah. 